Welcome to, I guess, officially the first episode of No Need to Ask podcast. My name is Amani Duncan, and I will be your host on this journey. There's been a lot of things going on, right? This past week or so has been challenging, high on emotions, high on awareness, high on information. I just wanted to take time before we get started to acknowledge and to thank everyone who has supported No Need to Ask podcast. It's been so beautifully overwhelming and certainly a bright spot for me throughout the past week. It's like the light that shines at the end of the tunnel. But friends, let me remind you, the end of the tunnel is nowhere near. So I encourage everyone to continue to learn, read books, have open and even private conversations with each other about race, equality, justice. Most importantly, We have to use our voices and our power to change, to seek the change that we want. And November 4th will be that opportunity to usher in change. Do not, please do not take for granted that someone is going to go vote. We've made that mistake before. History has proven itself. Channel all of the passion and the fervor that we have all collectively felt over the past week on November 4th. Grab a friend, grab a few friends, but get out there and go together and vote for change. Also, I would love to thank everyone again Uh, The podcast has received over 300 downloads in seven days. I'm just, I'm just so appreciative and and in shock a bit. You know, when you start a project, you, you never know, you never know if it's going to resonate. It's almost like a music artist who puts out his or her music for the world to receive and you're vulnerable you're scared, you're excited, and you want it to mean something, not only to yourself, but to others. So to receive 300 downloads in seven days, where I was told the average downloads for a new podcast is somewhere around 150 for the month, is just proof positive to me that this was needed and I'm glad that I'm able to share the voices of others and my own voice with everyone. So please share and let's continue to build this community. Let's get down to business. It's Monday. It's a new, the start of a new week. And we need to stay focused, um, which is, I know is, is hard right now to stay focused on our personal goals and our professional goals, but let's just take this 45 minutes of the day and 
give back to yourself. Self-care can manifest in many ways, whether it's meditation, taking a walk, exercising, talking to a close friend, or focusing on a creative project or being creative. It just can manifest in so many, so many different ways. So since this podcast is focused on empowering and supporting young and and professionals of all ages, let's get down to business and focus on ourselves and our goals. Today's topic, I will be chatting with you about how to change careers from one industry to another. Yeah, we are all, you know, very aware of our current economic situation. And we're also very aware of how many people have filed for unemployment benefits, 35 million to be exact. And layoffs and furloughs are are still happening across the country. I read recently that the Economic Policy Institute, which is a nonpartisan think tank, is predicting that the unemployment rate will hit nearly 16% by July of this year. Remember, folks, we're in June, so July is right around the corner. States with the highest uninsured employment rate are a lot of states that most of you probably probably live in. Washington, Nevada, Florida, Hawaii, a state that I so love, Michigan, California, my home state, New York, my adopted state, Rhode Island, Vermont, Connecticut, and Georgia. I've been asked by several people, how does one go from working in one industry to another? (laughs) I mean, I'm sure most of you are thinking, what's the point of that? I mean, 35 million and growing unemployed people in America? I mean, the smart person would just stay in their current industry, especially if they're still employed. And because the marketplace with 35 million unemployed people in America right now is at an all-time high with capable and potential candidates. Makes sense, right? I mean, we're all smart people. But... I'm going to challenge this point of view. You know, I believe that during a crisis, creative can be born. It kind of forces us sometimes to be to go outside of our comfort zone and to um, be explore, explorers of life. I mean, I created this podcast out of a crisis because I needed to be creative. I needed to find my outlet. And it was something that I, I always wanted to do, but I you know, made up a million excuses and life got in the way. So this novel pandemic, this crisis that we're all dealing with gave me the opportunity to fulfill something that I always wanted to fulfill. I fortunately have tenure in a lot of different industries from music to manufacturing, branding and agencies and even media. (laughs) But I'm going to be very honest with you. 
it was far from easy transitioning from one career to the next. Now, if you are young in your career, transitioning is likely easier because you're just starting out and you could probably just take an entry-level position again to continue to learn and excel. But if you're like most of us out there and we already have tenure in a specific industry, it may be a little challenging, maybe a lot challenging. Change can be scary. It really can. And most of us, you know, we're forced to make calculated risks throughout our lives the older that we get because most of us have on those golden handcuffs. <laughs> you know, the golden handcuffs are the mortgage or two, kids, college tuitions, maybe private school tuitions, car payments, insurance, medical bills. Yeah, I think you get the picture. I was destined to go to law school, or so I thought, because it was you know, one of the narratives my parents told me from my earliest childhood. So being the dutiful daughter that I was, I went to school and excelled. I carried on into university, graduating with a degree in political science with a minor in international relations. During my senior year, I was even recruited by the FBI. Oh, yeah. But that's a, that's another story for another day. And I got into law school. Then my well-planned life was flipped upside down. I was at the crossroad. Now, I will save you, and you'll thank me later, from the unpleasant details of a young adult not knowing what to do next, and fast forward to me not going to law school and deciding suddenly that I was going to work in the music industry. Big sweeping change, right? <laughs> While I was interning at Def Jam's West Coast office, it was... Right on Sunset Boulevard. I can see it in my mind's eye. It was actually across the street from the Hustler store building. Yeah. And it was right off the corner or a little bit down the street from the Whiskey, the famous club. So we were in a great location. Um, but while I was interning there um, and working for Tina Davis, who was an and still is an incredible mentor. She, Tina was uh, head of A&R for the West Coast at that time. And she basically just taught me everything. And it was amazing. And she's incredible. And hopefully she'll be on the podcast one day. I um, received a phone call. And it was from Kevin Lyles, who is now the founder and CEO of 300 Entertainment, as well as an author and activist and incredible person. Um, so he called me on a Friday and asked me to come to New York for a job that he had. Wow. I was like, yeah. <laughs> so I, you know, went home, I packed up my, my little belongings and um, told my parents, who were clearly uh, in shock, not really knowing what their youngest was was off to do, but were you know somewhat supportive. And that Sunday night, I was on the red eye flight to John F. Kennedy Airport, arriving Monday morning. It was the winter of 1994. I actually stayed in the music industry for 15 years before I decided. Um, that I needed and wanted a change. 
At that point, I was the senior vice president of marketing for the pop rock division at Capital Music Group. I was recently married with two very young stepsons. Uh, So, you know, I was definitely wearing those golden handcuffs. But I knew it was time to move on from the industry. and, And my passion was to go into advertising, the advertising industry and branding. For the second time in my life, I was at the crossroad. The first step is for me to create a target list of companies that I would love to work with. I mean, I aim high. Why not? It's your career and you should aim high and ask for what you want and what you need. So I keep it to about five companies because I want to be very strategic with this. And so once the list is created and I'm happy with it, I use it as a guiding post But I always allow myself flexibility because who knows, there might be an opportunity that is presented to me that I wasn't even thinking of. With my list of five companies, I try to work the companies from the inside out. I will, you know, contact people through LinkedIn or try to get introduced by a friend who knows a friend who works at the company (laughs) or even an HR manager And the goal is to try to get an informational meeting. Now, from these informational meetings, I would be able to update my resume with keywords that would resonate to any hiring manager. And even when I applied online for the position, I pulled words from the job description and incorporated them into my cover letter. It's an age-old strategy, one that I'm sure you guys are all familiar with, but it is very effective. Once I was able to secure meetings with hiring managers, which again, took a lot of persistence and dedication, because you will hear a lot of no's, (laughs) Um, I realized very quickly that I had to change my dialogue. What these managers saw across the table from them was an executive who spent years, quote, hanging out with artists, end quote. The perception of the industry that I spent so many years working in was quite different to those who had little knowledge of how the music business worked. I had to learn how to present correlations between my skill set to what the position actually required. For example, I stressed the similarities of marketing, marketing an artist to marketing a product. There were a lot of trials and errors along the way, but with each attempt, I I slowly improved. Hearing a lot of no's can certainly have an impact on even the most positive person. But I forced myself to look at each encounter as a teachable moment. Okay, so remember I said a little earlier to have your top five company list and to also remain open? to opportunities you may not have considered? Well, it was around the end of 2007, and I was one busy beaver well into my plan of changing industries. I received a phone call from Sean Combs. This Sean Combs person had called my new iPhone, so I immediately thought it was a crank call. I, I was thinking, like, how, how did he even get the, the number since I only gave it out to a few people? But this Sean Combs person called and left a message and called again and left a message. And 
this went on for, I don't know, a few weeks. One day I casually mentioned to my husband that someone is calling me saying he's puff. Sean Combs, my husband replied. Yeah, I said. My husband goes on to ask if I took the call. I said, no way, it can't be him. My husband then replied, well, what if it is him? Hmm. Turns out it was indeed Sean. (laughs) And one thing led to another, and I was offered the position of chief marketing officer for Sean Combs Enterprises. It was a combination of everything I was looking for agency, marketing, branding. I mean, I was overseeing his entire brand portfolio. (laughs) Yes, I thought. So all the work that I was doing to prepare myself for a role in within an agency was actually preparing me for something even bigger. Courage is the power to let go of the familiar. Raymond Lindquist. I am a firm believer in changing your mind will change your life. Try not to be discouraged simply because the task at hand may not be easy. Challenge does not mean impossible. No need to ask tips. Number one, prepare to update and even rewrite your resume. Number two, make sure your LinkedIn profile is updated. More and more hiring managers and recruiters are using LinkedIn as a powerful tool to identify potential candidates. Number three, do your research. Read as many books as you can get your hands on about the industry that you want to enter into. You have to be able to walk the walk and talk the talk. So immerse yourself into the culture. Number four. Network, network, network. Join as many groups as you possibly can. Attend business mixers. Connect with people on social media, especially LinkedIn. Number five, have informational meetings with people currently in your target industry. Number six, change your narrative. Focus on how this new career direction is your calling. Work on that elevator speech. Be able to articulate your intentions for making the change, your goals, and what you can contribute to this new field. Last but most important tip, believe it will happen. I am always available, so you can contact me at girlfriendnoneedtoask at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at girlfriend no need to ask. I am also available for executive coaching through clarity.fm. This week until Friday, June 12th, I will be offering free coaching sessions. So go to the website and enter my VIP code, no need to ask free. Can't wait to see you again at the table. Until then, be safe, and be well.